Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who's always been the kind of man who doesn't believe in strings, long-term obligations, or just unnecessary things. He's a man who will turn you every which way but loose. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hamid. So for this episode, we have a repeat revisitor. You might remember him from episode 46, our episode about NXS's kick, or you might know him as the host and interview extraordinaire of the Hustle podcast. He's the man who loves a rainy night, just as long as it's not in the Kentucky rain. Please welcome to the podcast, John Lamoureux. Hey, guys. I like that intro. That's great. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> so we we almost did this episode just me and Wayne because uh, our our guest co-host that we had scheduled kept canceling on us mm-hmm. and you almost canceled on me as well. Well, postponed. Uh, I like to yeah, look at it with postponed. There you go. But so I almost went with the opener of Wayne. Your love is my reward, and I love <laughs> you even more than I did before we recorded this episode. Just you and I. <laughs> wow. Nice. Makes me tingly. Yeah. Well, he tried to give this episode to someone else, and I said, I, "That's I haven't been called a weirdo in months. I got, <laughs> I got to do this." Well, originally, when we had this recording date set, um, you had told me you were going to be out of town, but you kind of moved around your plans, and um, so you're going to Vegas a couple days later. No, you actually got it all wrong. I'm going to Vegas the same day I was before, but... Oh, all right. Well, huh. then I wrote down my notes you're, wrong. You're a terrible note taker. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been said, I've been told that before. Yeah. Well, that's why both of us can't speak Spanish after two years. <laughs> Hola, Benjamin is all I got. Uh, como estas? That's, uh, that's <laughs> the other thing that I can say. We don't know what anyone would say to that, but that's we can say. Actually, I still know donde es mi cuatro de baño. Oh. Four bathrooms? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so house. maybe I don't maybe I don't know how to say where is the bathroom in Spanish after all. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, oh my gosh, we have gotten off track. All right. So you know the premise of our podcast is is fairly simple. We talk about music, but we ask the all-important question at the beginning. What t-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Wayne. T-shirt are you wearing? You know what? I don't know what the name of it be, but I got a Beastie Boys shirt. They got, it's kind of a silhouette. It's got all three of them. Ad Rocks holding a uh, boombox. Okay. Okay. How many Beastie Boys shirts do you have? Five. Oh, goodness. You, you have a problem. <laughs> you see my new Smith shirt? That is badass. I, I got that Ooh. actually from Europe. Uh, and this that. time I know the conversion. It was 25 pounds and $36. Oh, okay. So yeah, did you did you ever figure out how much Toon Ninja was? I, that shirt? At this point, I got to let it go. That was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was two shirts for 40 pounds, probably 60 bucks. I don't it's got to be okay. in that range. Oh my gosh! All right. <laughs> All right. So, how about you, John? What uh, what t shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing my Black Crows War Paint t shirt oh. that I bought at their concert, which I don't, I can't see behind me to remind myself what year that was. 
I'm going to say you, 10 years, 12 years. Okay. You plan on seeing them again on this little reunion too? I probably will. Yes. Um, I do love them when they keep it short. I don't like jam bandy 10 minute blues rock guitar solos, no matter who mm-hmm. it is. But this, I believe they're doing Shake Your Money Maker in its entirety yeah. and then plus some hits. And that sounds like the exact right show to see for the Black Crows. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah, try and make I, it. I, I got my tickets. I can. I literally. Have, I cannot wait until Good September fourth. Good one. Yeah, there one of go. my favorite records. One of my favorite bands. I cannot wait. Really, very nice. Well, I got. I got my Doobie Brothers tickets. Ooh, so. that's my other big. That's going to be my big expenditure this year. I will yeah. not miss. I've never seen the Doobies, and as you know, they're one of my favorite bands ever. And yes. I've been wait. The reason I haven't is because. First and foremost, anytime they come through town, I always seem to have something else. Or um, I'm, I, I've been kind of waiting, hoping that Tom and Michael would come back together and we'd do it, you know, all, the whole gang. And that, sure enough, that's what this is. So, yep. yeah, that's going to be my big one this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, all right. So my T-shirt, Wayne, brought it back out. Ships of Sail T-shirt is Tips back on. Man. My 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 favorite comfy T-shirt. I I got it back got it back out of the closet. So there you oh, go. Is this nice. ships that sailed? What is this? It is a uh, indie band, uh, okay. and we had Will from Ships of Sailed on. Uh, good gosh, what three, four, or five months ago now? What did and, you talk uh, about? Purple. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah I haven't yeah. gotten to that one yet. Okay. And you're not a big Stone Temple Pilots fan, right? Uh, I'm not not. I'm more of like a Greatest Hits fan. Um, So when it comes to your show, if I don't know the guest, but I like the album, I'll listen. And if I don't know the album, but I like the guest, I'll listen. But if I don't know the guest and I don't like the album, I don't bother. But that one I would bother. And I just haven't done it yet. Gotcha. You you did a little binge binge listening while you were on your trip to Hawaii. How was that? I did. I, so I used to commute to work every day on the bus and my commute every day was about an hour. And so I was able, I would just pound through podcasts all day and now that's not the case. And so I've fallen way behind on all of my podcasts. And uh, so I, I was on vacation. I thought, let me take some time to really binge on some records revisited. So I think I knocked out seven or eight episodes in nice. you know 10 days or whatever it's great you guys are so you do such a great such a great job well i appreciate that i hope you're not just pandering no of course not i love what you do and i think this we've talked about this i think this idea is genius it is genius the only thing that holds you up is a, a perception among rock stars who are not the most reliable people in the world anyway that they boy do i i have to carve out an hour hour and a half and i have to think about this that's too yeah. difficult you know, and and it shouldn't be. So it's a, it's a genius thing you've stumbled on. I wish sometimes that I could take your idea and apply it to my network of people I've had on my show and just steal it out from under you, but I don't. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I mean, I've tried, I've tried to go on your side of the fence with, uh, with doing just straight up interviews with um, mixed results thus yeah. far. So oh, we you would. guys are great. I don't even want to get into the last ep- interview I did. So it's not a game show, right? <laughs> oh <laughs> oh, oh make, yeah, you're, you're going to make me car clown horn myself. So 
So we're just going to leave it there. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I figured, I figured John, you were the perfect guest co-host for this episode since you've, you've picked some country songs for some of those six pack episodes you've done with Eric Miller on pods and sods. And by the Mm -hmm. way, Eric's episode he did with us comes out next week, which was a lot of fun. Oh, nice. And then the six pack episode you did about Jerry Reed was great. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. listened to that episode. Um, Lee was great on that mm-hmm. as well. He's the best. I mean, you were great too. But no, I'm I know. I don't. I don't compare to Lee. I admit it. Well, you can't. You can't pull out the guitar and the harmonica and start uh, right. riffing like Lee does. So that right. so that was great. So my question for you is: since you're a few years younger than me and Wayne, so how did you find out about Eddie Rabbit? Because I mean, Wayne and I, we were in our formative years of mm-hmm. what 10 11 years old when eddie was in his heyday so um where did you get your introduction yeah i feel like i was thinking about this it feels like there was kind of a golden era probably in the late 70s to the early 80s where a lot of country music was also pop music and i think about song i think about eddie definitely whenever that comes up with songs like i love a rainy night and then i think about uh like the oak ridge boys and elvira and I think about the Gatlin brothers and all the gold in California or whatever that song's called. These were songs that I remember I remember seeing not only on Hee Haw, but also on Solid Gold and also on whatever other shows I was watching, Carson or American Music Awards or whatever. And it so it felt like um I don't see I, I love classic country. I don't keep up on current country. It's not really my thing. But yeah. back then, in those, you talk about formative years. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, we're talking like seven to 12 years old for me. But uh, being a music nut that I was, there was not really that much of a difference between listening to Eddie Rabbit and listening to Phil Collins or listening to David Bowie or whatever. It was all, back then, it was all just kind of a, a melting pot. And so I think of these guys as like pop country songwriters before anything else. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as you, you know, the, I've said this before, one of the best things about getting older is when you become less concerned about how cool your music tastes are and you could just al- allow yourself to like whatever it is that you like. And the older I get, the more I think, you know what, Eddie Rabbit's great. I need a greatest hits a- CD of Eddie Rabbit. So, and everyone does. And so you just kind of come to these conclusions as you get older, where you just think, I'm not going to try and be cool anymore. I'm just going to admit to myself that I like Eddie Rabbit. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm waiting for, for Wayne to admit that Africa is a good song. Oh. If it was, I would. But like I say, I've, I feel exactly like John. Like I'm like, at one point I was like, I'm going to let, I don't care if people know I like Taylor Swift. Like my kid bought yeah. me a, a Taylor Swift shirt for Christmas and he thought it was a joke. I'm like, dude, I'm going to wear this. I, I love Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. If my kids bought me a Taylor Swift shirt, I would rock it as well. So it's so interesting, though, that you say that, Wayne, because I feel like Africa is having the resurgence that it's getting now because (laughs) of what I just said, that all those people that were in their formative years when Africa was on the radio and thought it was fun and then got the nerdiness beaten out of them and decided that Africa wasn't cool for the rest of their lives are finally... There, it's finally been made known that you can like Africa and it can be cool. 
You don't have to worry about it anymore. Everyone thinks it's cool. Join the club, and you're still yeah. holding on to this thing. You I gotta know, get over I'm it, that, man. Ah, no, but see, I'm that kid that because everybody else likes it has to not like it. Oh, come but on! I don't like it, but I will say, you know why? But I think I love a rainy night is exactly like is a lot like Toto's Africa. Like I mm. shouldn't like it, but mm. I absolutely love it. It's actually Good. I didn't even realize. Like when I I was like, this is one of my favorite songs. I I mm. cannot help but smile and sing along whenever this song comes on, and mm. I it's completely out of my wheelhouse. There's no reason I should do it, but I like we discussed. I don't care. I don't care yeah. who he, I love Eddie Rabbit, and I don't care who knows it. Good, good for you. He 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 just has the opinion of Africa to spite me. That's Probably. really what it is. Uh, it's soulless. At least I love a rainy night. Has some. It has. It's got mm. some heart. He feels it. And Very rainy nights—that's a country classic theme. Yeah, it's right up there with trucks and trains and mamas. <laughs> mamas. Well, <laughs> someone could lose a heart tonight, Wayne. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> just, just letting you know that. It's How about rainy. you, Wayne? How, what, where, where was your introduction to Eddie? Was it uh, kind of the same? Just like you said, thing, he was everywhere. Yeah. Crystal Gale and Willie Nelson—they yeah. were everywhere. I mean, they were part of pop culture in in the 70s and you couldn't turn your head without hearing any of that yeah eddie eddie rabbit was you know i could say he is one this is probably as good a country crossover i would put shania twain's come on over ahead of it but it's it's in that conversation a record that's supposed to be country but Mm -hmm. is it really Mm -hmm. yeah would i mean would you consider garth would you consider him a crossover uh, he crossed over by brute force. He was country, though. I mean, that, there's songs about yeah. rodeos and horses and women leaving you. Yeah, that's he. Mm-hmm. They it crossed over to him. Okay, yeah, I could see that. We, we've already touched on the whole crossover thing. So I I asked David Malloy, his longtime producer and co-writer, why he thought that you know Eddie was ignored on the Ken Burns documentary and why. Eddie's largely been forgotten over the last 20 years. And he said, you know, I, he was a crossover artist. The, the CMA didn't like him. Um, the one thing that made me laugh, uh, that he also said the reason why, um, he's kind of been ignored was Eddie and his group of musicians, they were pot smokers. And so really they, that, so they stayed out of the, the real Nashville type studios. So for instance, this, this, this record, uh, if this tells you anything about pot smokers, so you guys know where this uh, this album Horizon was recorded, Caribou Ranch, Caribou Ranch, which I'm is also it. known as pot smoking capital <laughs> of, of of the earth at that point. I mean, yeah. every everybody in their dog who was, you know, into um, running around naked and you know. Mm you know snorting cocaine off of one mm-hmm. another's buttocks that kind of deal they they were there at caribou ranch so uh, not surprising here in colorado by the way they're in colorado yeah yeah um and how far is that from denver i think it's out closer to boulder and so okay. it's probably 50 miles maybe not okay. too far 45 miles something like that yeah it's not there anymore in fact nope. if you um Chicago are kind of the band that are most closely related right. with Caribou Ranch. If you've seen those documentaries, you know all about it. Yep. 
Yep. Okay, so how about absolute favorite Eddie Rabbit song? Is it on this record? For me, it is. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Although the you and I duet with Crystal Gale is gorgeous, and uh, it's not on here. But other than that, I would, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to still say "Suspicions" is my favorite song. Mm, mm. And I got I got David to talk about suspicions for like 15 minutes. I was Ooh. like a kid in a candy store, yeah, having one of the people behind that song just talk about how those songs came together. Kind of like your um, your episode you did recently with um, what Holly Knight. Holly Knight, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for part two. That's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that happens. Um, you know, I, it's uh, talking about Eddie and what the strikes against him. I wondered too, if the fact that he's not from the South, he grew up in New Jersey. Um, I wonder if you mentioned the crossover, but the crossover, I mean, he died in like the late nineties, I think. So, Mm -hmm. so he wasn't a crossover that whole time. He just was around the same time as the Oak Ridge boys and everybody else, you know? Right. And I wondered if, you know, by the time his time had passed, his moment in the sun was fairly brief, you know, by the, I guess by the late eighties, it was basically over. And so I just don't know if he, and his biggest hits were big on the pop charts as well. So I, I don't think, and he didn't wear a cowboy hat necessarily. And he, he didn't like wear the countryness or the down home, the Southernness, all those kinds of tropes that those guys really revel in. He didn't wear that stuff, you know? Right. And, um, so yeah, he probably wasn't country enough. You listen to this album, which has its flaws, but it's not that far removed from something that would have come out of the Laurel Canyon, Southern California, to, you know, Toto session musician stuff that was big mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah. 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 In fact, there's a Toto musician on the song Suspicions. So mm-hmm. there you go. Um, I, and I think that one of the other things is keep, keep in mind that this, this album horizon, this was the, the sixth studio album from Eddie and he was 39 years old when this album hit. Goodness. So, (laughs) so if you're looking for, uh, you know, that demographic of that whole 25 to 40 demographic, you know, he would fit in that. But if you're looking for the younger than 25, Mm-hmm. You know, where you have a little bit younger artists, a little bit flashier artist. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not it. Yeah. Like, like you just said, he, he didn't, he didn't fit the role of, you know, like a, one of the outlaw guys, mm-hmm. you know, but he also didn't fit in with, you know, the, the younger, more flashy group. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if there was a more flashy group during that time. Was there a younger, flashier group? That's a good question. Alabama was kind of that age demographic. And I feel like Oak Ridge Boys was probably that demographic as well. I don't That's know. That's what I was thinking too. I, not a lot of country artists survived the 80s, at least not the leg- legendary ones like Johnny Cash. Willie Nelson did to some degree, but the eighties were tough for the old school guys unless they were on hee haw. But um, so yeah, you're right. There's not like an eighties crop of country stars that have lived on and become legendary since then. There are people who were around before and had rough times in the eighties. And then there's everyone after Garth, you know, but that kind of that decade right there was not kind to up and coming 
country artists, I don't think. Yeah. And I don't think I want to invest the time to try and psychoanalyze that either. So maybe not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So some bio info on the record. So I've already kind of touched on a little bit. So this came out in 1980. It was on Electra. Um, the album only had two singles on it, which, um, listen to the, the interview that I did with David. We, we, we talk about the, the whole, uh, single thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, uh, a couple times during, during this, uh, during this episode, whether or not any of the songs that we're mm-hmm. talking about could have been another single because yeah. they only, because they only put out two. And I think, I think there's at least two other singles that they could have done on this mm. record, but mm. we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that. Gotcha. So, um, the, the two singles, both of them reached number one on the country charts. And as far as the, uh, the, the, the country album chart. Oh yeah. It, it was definitely a number one, number one record. Um, peaked at number nineteen on the Billboard, you know, popular two hundred. And as far as the 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 U.S. contemporary charts, uh, this was all over the place. Um, and and you couldn't go anywhere without hearing either one of those those singles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was pretty. Uh, pretty crazy how 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 many stations played these these records um personnel let's see if you guys know any of the personnel because i i did know two of the guys listed so don barrett is on the bass i wasn't familiar with him i had to look him up on discogs i guess he did some work with paul davis and zz hill Mm -hmm. uh james stroud is on the drums and he was a member of the Marshall Tucker band, oh. but he also did some work with Paul Davis. By the way, Paul Davis, I guess, is kind of the the link between Eddie and there's a there's a link between Eddie and Paul musicians. Mm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. That makes uh, sense. Stroud, I would have put those two in the same bucket back then. Yeah, Paul absolutely. and Eddie are like the exact same thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, Alan Feingold is on piano, uh, also played with Paul Davis, also played with Melissa Manchester. Mm-hmm. And then Larry Byram is on the electric guitar. Larry was in Steppenwolf for a mm-hmm. short time, but he played with everybody. And if you go to his discogs, mm-hmm. his resume is sick. He played with, besides Eddie, played with Barbara Mandrell, Reba, mm-hmm. Dolly, Kenny, um, also played with some some of the more, uh, I guess, recent the 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 '90s and and later people mm-hmm. as well. So Brooks and Dunn, Tanya Tucker, Randy Travis, Clint Black. You know, you mentioned on the Jerry Reed sex six pack that you did, John, that uh, you haven't had many country people on your podcast. I no. think Larry Byram would be a good person to reach out to. It's funny you say that. I was looking up all the people that you're talking about and was reading over their credentials, and I had the exact same thought about Larry Byron. Because you're right. I I, I love classic country, as I said, and you, I don't get to talk about it very often, never on my own show, because almost none of these people are still around. Yeah. Very few, you know? I've tried to get Ronnie Millsap on. He's one of the few, and I, it has never worked out. And there's just not a lot of those 
seventies and eight, I guess I could get maybe someone from the Oak Ridge Boys or something like that, Larry Gatlin maybe. But I don't know. I'm looking for like a certain you know the guys who had a few songs we know. They're all gone, and um, yeah, you're right. Larry Byram might be the right kind of the conduit to just hearing some stories about those good old days. I would love that. I've never seen Kenny on any podcast. Does does he not do interviews anymore? I don't know. I um, I mean, I saw him do Dan Rather, and my my hunch is if someone's been on the Dan Rather show, they're probably not going to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know that I heard that he uh, played a concert in Salt Lake City, and I had some family members there. And they were saying that he looked so old and out of it that he had to be like propped up a few oh. times and kind of helped and stuff like that. And I think they're just kind of wheeling him out, putting him in front of people to pay some bills. It's sad. Another Glenn Campbell situation. Yeah. Stuff like that. Ugh. All right. Well, all right. Well, let's, let's jump into the record, shall we? Yes. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Ten. Which means our top song is going to get ten points. Next favorite, nine. On down to lowest score of one. Here we go. I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. You know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night, such a beautiful sight. I love to feel the rain on my face, taste the rain on my lips. In the moonlight showers, showers wash all my cares away. I wake up to a sunny day, cause I love a rainy night. And as I made mention, this was the second single off of the album, uh, number one on the Hot Country Singles, Adult Contemporary Single, um, and on the Billboard Hot 100 guys happen to know what song it replaced at number one on the hot 100 i got uh, nothing. I should know but i don't dolly parton's nine to five what that didn't come out in 1980 did it it did so and 80 my dad took me to see nine to five because i got a good report card in the third grade oh, wow. and that uh wow that uh, i didn't realize it was that old Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was according to what I what I found on the internet. So again, I take it for whatever that's worth. So that it said this that was the last time to date that the pop chart featured back to back country singles in the number one position. Mm, I could see that. So all right. Wayne, haven't heard much from you. Tell me why you love a rainy night. I mean, it's right in the song. Puts a song in this heart of mine. Puts a smile on my face every time. I cannot hear this song and not sing along and smile and actually be a happier, more fun person. Uh, and like I say, I love the fact that it's because you're totally not- fun right now. You're totally fun right now. <laughs> Don't get me started. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, I love how he takes a you know rainy nights 
I mean, cold Kentucky rain, blue eyes crying in the rain. They're always sad songs, and he he flips it on its head, and 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 this was this topped three different charts. It's his. This is a song of songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about you, John. Yeah, I mean, I can't really top that. It's undeniable. The, just the the clapping and snapping. I mean, it's a song whose that's bed is claps and snaps. You don't hear that very often, and it's just done so well. It's undeniable how um, what a great catchy song this is, country or pop or whatever. It's perfection. Yeah, agreed. I don't really know how how to just say what you guys just said. I mean, it, there's, I mean, lyrically, lyrically, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty. Don't sparse. overthink it. That's exactly yeah. what I have done. Is don't yeah. overthink it. He doesn't. He doesn't get creative. Not, he doesn't really get. He's not gonna. He's not trying to be Bob Dylan on any of this. Um, and he, this one just he he sticks to the basics and it works. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Should we get some scores on this? Yeah. All right, John. Ten. Wayne. Ten. And I'm the, I'm the uh, the the lone nine off. What? <laughs> oh, you're trying to be different. Uh, no, I really I really do like a, another song a little more. Okay. Okay. But I do love this song. Come on, I gave it a nine. Give you me, did. Give, you did. No, give me I a know. break here, I know. fellas. I know. I know. My goodness. You, We're kind of blowing our whole wad, by the way, on this first <laughs> yeah. track. It uh, it doesn't stay good like this for long. By the way, should I should I have gone in reverse? All right, here's the maybe tenth song. <laughs> this is last song on side B. We're gonna start uh, there. All right. right. Okay. So here's next song. This is seven forty seven. This was a song that he actually would re-record on his 13th studio album in 1991. Uh, and the record was called 10 Rounds. And that's also the album that includes the song C-Rap, in parentheses, Country Rap. Oh. <laughs> and it's in response to his dissatisfaction with rap music. And it is so bad. It oh. is so awful. Um, he even talks about in the, the lyrics, I don't want to hear any songs about Satan, uh, mm. when you're talk, talk, talking with a drum machine, oh. that's, that's the, and that's what he says. And I'm like, so you're telling me that none of Eddie's records have a drum machine on them. Oh my gosh. Well, still, I think that answers the, why wasn't Eddie cool question? You know? I, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> he wasn't cool because of that hair and his shirt was <laughs> Is way all the way down to his navel. He's not yeah. Elvis. He's no. the let it. It's 
he had other issues. Like oh. it's like the fourth gib or the fifth gib, I guess. You count Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so so I brought up the fact that there's only been two singles. Could this have been a single? Uh, I don't know. This is of the one when you said that, I immediately thought of a couple songs. This was not one of them. This is probably as country, almost as country as this record gets. I give it extra points because I'm from the Pacific Northwest and uh, we build these things, so <laughs> we, I, I have to give it extra points. But because it's not the if this was a three ten, I would this would have been my le- lowest uh, scored song. But what what about if he did a song called Boeing Max? Uh, seven thirty-seven. It's a little touchy subject here. You know, okay, okay. people lose their jobs here. Yeah, sorry, my street's going to get dark. Uh, oh, but no, this one's country. This one's a. I wouldn't have put the. I don't think I. I don't see it as a single. But this one's country. At least, yeah. Uh, the the first song. I don't. It's so. It's so good that you. It's like when I listen to it and think about it. I don't. I don't know if I could classify it as country or not because I. It's just it crosses everything. This one's a country song. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Again, uh, anything to, to talk on with the lyrics? Yeah. Well, so yeah, let's get into these lyrics. Okay. Shall we? One thing I thought was really interesting is that, um, he's, there's a, he's singing to his woman at back at home, how much you just can't wait to get back to her because he's sick of all the one night stands. (laughs) I just think, boy, rock stars lead different lives than the rest of us, don't they? You know, and I, t- yeah. I, but I will say this: I took this as 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 performances, but it's even then, it's still a pretty timeless. Uh, first of all, you ha- you have to come from the other side of the country to get a seven forty seven. That plane is huge. Yeah. You, you got to come from New York or or London. You got to yeah. come out of Heathrow to get a seven forty seven. But yeah, he it's it's just a fun song. I, the the one thing I will say about the lyrics on this record is if you dig too deep in them, uh, you're going to be disappointed because there's it's not it's 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 really surface stuff. All yeah. of it, all of it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Um, and and part of that was just keep in mind during this time frame, like the record labels were expecting you to knock out a record every every single year. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't a, as if you're, you know, I've got three years to make Abbey Road here. Yeah, no, that's not that's not what you're going to get gonna on her. I'm going to make the White Album before I make Abbey Road, and then I'm going to make Abbey Road. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, you don't have that time frame. Yeah. So, all right, let's get some scores on 747. This is my eight, Wayne. A seven. And then John. Yeah, this is my seven too. All right, and next song. First single off of the record, this is Driving My Life Away. This uh, this reached number one on the Hot Country Singles, peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100, 
here here we go. I needed to do a little research to 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 get reminded of this fact. So the song is actually a look into the life of roadies and the long periods of time they spend away from home because it was on the movie Roadie, oh. starring Meatloaf, Meatloaf and Art Carney. Have you never seen that movie? I've never seen it. Come on. I've... All I all I all you had to say was Art Carney and Meatloaf. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that sound like a winning combination? Uh, I've seen that movie a couple times. I only, I've only ever heard of it because of uh Cheap Trick wrote a song for the soundtrack. Yeah. That's the only reason I've heard of it. Yeah. And that's probably the reason why John has seen it more than more than once, is because Cheap Trick's on it. No, I'm just a sucker for any music-related dumb movie from back in the day, and it's come on TV a couple of times. So really? I've watched it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. On what channels are they putting this on? Um, like- it's like Me TV. You know, uh, one of those. Uh, ben, we shouldn't be too. We've we've watched Crush Groove a couple of times, so we probably shouldn't be too critical. I love Dude, Crush Groove. Crush come Groove on. is phenomenal. Yes. Street. Yeah, I yes. think it was up for an Academy Award that year. It, it wasn't my heart. It, <laughs> it should have. It should have oh, been. Mike D in that do rag. I thought he should have got best actor. <laughs> Sheila E for best supporting oh, actress. Come goodness on, gracious. Uh, oh, so hot. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we we digress. All right. Yes. Uh, anything on the lyrics we want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I like I say, it's funny that you say that because this song is complete. I mean, I remember in the 70s, there was a fascination with truck driving, which cracks me up because it reminds me of everybody's fascination with pirates. Pirates were horrible people. Long haul <laughs> truck drivers are horrible people. And that, the world's fascination with them is is just weird. But uh, that, it, this is a great this is a definitely a crossover song. There's no way this didn't make the pop charts. Uh, it's a song I, I vividly remember from my youth, but like I say, the truck stop cutie, that whole thing is creepy and, and uh, most uh, truckers would not, wouldn't pass it up. So <laughs> good tip of my hat to Hetty for, for leaving the baby at home. Right. <laughs> she was just a baby. Oh yeah. That, that, uh, that whole, that whole verse is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother is a truck driver and the one, and he and I hung out last night. And he's a horrible person, according no. to Wayne. No, no, no. I'm a truck driver, too. I'm just yeah. not this kind of truck driver. Right, this is right. the truck driver. <laughs> I learned a new term yesterday. Lot lizards. Yeah, so, I wasn't. I didn't know anybody would know it, so I didn't bring it up. Yeah. So I didn't know this, but apparently, you know, you pull your truck into the Flying J or a Loves or whatever, and there are what are called lot lizards. And you have stickers that you put in your in your windshield that say either yes I'm open to hooking up or no I'm not that kind of guy or whatever and and they attract lot lizards and so that's what this song was making me think of oh my goodness that's... yeah who knew there's a whole subculture out there Wayne knew apparently yeah, yeah apparently. not all convoy and white line fever <laughs> convoy so good <laughs> Uh, so my question is, okay, since it is, you know, 40 years since this, this record came out, um, do, do truck drivers still have CBs? <laughs> no, no, because the rest, we all have cellular phones. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. I I don't know. I've never, I, it's been, it's probably been at least 35 years since I've stepped foot into a 
big truck like that. So, mm. and it wasn't because I was a lounge lizard or what, what did you call it? <laughs> lot, 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 lot lizard. Lot lizard. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 35 All right. years ago, you were 15. Well, Actually, that was, that's the perfect age for a lot lizard. So I take that. Well, back. yeah. It was, and, and, and to just make this story even worse, I was a Boy Scout at the time. <laughs> well, it's all coming together. It's yeah, all it coming together. We're going to leave it, it at that. Let's get some scores. All right, uh, Wayne. Nine. John. Nine. And I'm rethinking my 10 because of the whole <laughs> lot lizard thing. <laughs> Can it, uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick to that because uh, we, we're, we're, we're kind of sticklers about changing scores during the episode. So that, okay. that's my 10. I'm going to stick with it. So here we go. Here's the short road to love. And uh, what is this road that he's talking of? Where's what is the short road? I, the short road. First of all, the problem, the only criticism I have of this song is that he named it incorrectly. the sh- The short road to love is the setup. You've got to name the song after the punchline, along with the long way around. Mm. Mm-hmm. Other okay. than that, I love it. If if Elvis would have gotten this song, if Young Elvis would have gotten this song, we'd all know this song. This is total rockabilly. It's right along the lines of uh, It's All Right, Mama. If Elvis had gotten this song 20 years earlier, uh, we would have grown up hearing this on oldies radio. We'd all know this song. Yeah. Hmm. This is this this to me is a blue ball song. Yeah, I did. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> His, his girl's a cock tease, basically. <laughs> That's totally it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. I didn't dig into these lyrics on any of these things because they were, it's, there was not a lot of deep water to no, go there's not. But This is all, you know, the short road is like, look, can we get it on already? I'm sick of this. Why are you making yeah. me wait? You tease me, then you leave me all hot, chilled, cold. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's a blue ball song, man. Yeah, it is. Totally. Yeah. Story yeah. of my life. Yeah, not not the best blue ball song though. You know what song I'm I'm thinking of though, Wayne? Right, the blue ball song. <laughs> you have a list? Do you have like yeah, a blue ball playlist on Spotify or something? No, it's just one song. It's uh, what is fin- it? Finish what you started by Van Halen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was teasing, pleasing by the Scorpions. Uh, that would have been a good one too. <laughs> I love it. Okay, just keep keep thinking about those. We'll we'll make a whole episode <laughs> about blue balls. Let's yeah, do it. The top ten. Yes. Top ten blue ball songs. All right. Um, should we get some scores on this? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's start with John because yeah. I hear I want to hear Wayne's reaction to your score. Yeah, I don't I don't love this song that much. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. I was thinking. You know, I listened to this album a ton to get ready to talk to you. And I just thought, boy, it is much harder than I thought it would be to think of really deep, interesting things to say about Eddie Rabbit, you know? And uh, 
This, uh, no, the song sounds, you were talking about, you know, if it had come along 20 years earlier, it'd be a rockabilly classic. The problem is that it, it sounds as stale as something that would have been sitting around 20 years earlier. And everything I'm saying, I'm going to get twice as amped up about it on the next song. So I'll save <laughs> most of my comments, but I'm going to give this one a two. And okay. to be completely honest with you, after the two singles, the whole middle of this album is beige. And um, there's, it, they're nice, but it's no, there's nothing. You talk about, you know, could something have been a single or whatever? There's a lot of like lugubrious, un interesting middle stuff in this album and this is where it begins so i don't hate it but it doesn't i'm not into like old-timey rock and roll and so uh yeah i give it a two so so wayne with your score what's what's your score i give it an eight this is the one song i heard that i i at least thought was something better than what I, because I, I only know the first two songs, and I don't disagree with what John's saying. I save all my vitriol for the second half. Like whoever sequenced mm-hmm. this album yes. needs to get a hammer on the top of his head. Totally because agree. It he went. I don't, and like I say, I don't know whose idea it was, and we're a couple songs away from it. But somebody said, "Hey, let's put all the cool up tempo country crossover rockabilly classics. Well, let's put those on the one side, and then we're going to go yacht rock, soft rock, mm-hmm. Eagles wannabe." On to the second half. Yep. And I, I enjoyed this song. Like I say, I could just hear a young, I, li- I literally heard a young Elvis singing this song in black and white. And I thought this, yeah, I know that girl. She never gives it up. <laughs> Not to you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that's implied. <laughs> so, so could you have seen this as a single? No, this isn't the one I was thinking of. I, I, the one I'm thinking of is, uh, is on the second side near the end. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, this is my five. And mm. and this is one that I felt like could have probably been a single, but I just don't love it. Like yeah. if they really wanted to invest in the time of releasing it as a single and, you know, it hit number 23 on the charts, that's all fine. But maybe mm-hmm. that was that maybe that was their line of thinking is we've got two number one songs. We'll be good there, and then and then we'll pair him up with Crystal Gale, and we'll knock out another number one song yeah. on the next record. Yeah, so. yeah, I wouldn't have been shocked. This, I'm guarantee, this would have been a top ten country hit. Like I say, just based on the popularity of the album, it would have had enough legs Probably. just for that. Probably. All right. All right. Leads us to the next song, "Rocking with My Baby." Since John, you've already uh, t- spoken about some vitriol coming. Um, mm-hmm. Go for it. Lead off. Yeah, I just I think this song is just as stale as can be. It's all the old classic rock tropes rolled into one. No song. I don't care if this is 1980, 40 years ago, but 
the time for lyrics of like rocking with my baby, rocking with my baby all night long and all that kind of just the most templative, just that it's just the most obvious lame lyrics that any, anyone could pull completely out of their butt, you know? And it just sounds like old timey rock and roll done totally warmed over and boring. And uh, it's just so simplistic and boilerplate. I don't like, I like classic rock. You know, if I got to listen to an oldie station or whatever, that's fine. That stuff is cute, but I would never, I don't go to that music ever. And I don't need to hear Eddie Rabbit do some warmed over, lukewarm, boilerplate version of what was boring rock and roll to begin with. I really kind of hate this song. <laughs> so you keep, you keep bringing up the, the 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 rock trope. I think that this is probably the most country sounding song on the record. Yeah, it could got, be. Oh, I don't. Got the yeah, I, don't I disagree with that. Okay. Um, right. I, I don't disagree with what John is saying at all. In fact, I literally, when I first time I heard this song, I thought this is going to be the worst song on this record because yeah. I thought it started out really strong, but I didn't know what the second side held. So. After that, I made a conscious decision that I was not going to rank anything from the second side above anything on the first side. Mm. Mm. Oh, there you go. And I absolutely agree with He's everything hurt. that John said. <laughs> My score won't reflect it, but I, I do. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll get to another song that I think is even more overtly sexual innuendo. I mean, you you even brought it up, John. That I, it's I, innuendo that it's is too formative. fun and too smart of a word for anything on the second side. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so so my my question for you guys is when he's bringing up that he's rocking in her love tonight. Was there much of that kind of innuendo in country music at this point, or were they were they really trying to, to your point, John, bring the 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 rock cliches into country music? Well, I feel yeah. like that's when done well. That's often one of the hallmarks of really great country music is taking a trope like rocking all night long or whatever and saying it in a really clever way. That's the beauty of great country music is that there's a lot of really it's interesting because it it attract it it seems to be telling the story of these sort of like down home southerners that are uneducated and but they're so real and they're and, but yet they have this spark of creativity and of saying something in a way you never would have guessed. That's great country music. This is not that, you know? This is the opposite of that. And so it's not tapping into what's wonderful about good country, which is a new, interesting, fun, creative way to say the same old thing. He's not doing that. He's saying the same old thing the way it's always been said in the most boring possible way. So this is no save a horse, ride a cowboy innuendo. <laughs> no. is what you're saying. No. Okay. Because no. this is no, the race is on. This is yeah. I I don't disagree with anything you said. I I do once again. I think when you look at it and say, if, if Elvis had this song 20 years ago, this is a song that we would have heard in one of his movies. Not that that's a good or bad thing. I just mm -hmm. think you're right that, that in 1979, it, it should have been 1959 and it would be better. I, I, in fact, I think we've become so sexified. I don't think Eddie rabbit means any of that. I think he's just talking about just sit, sitting on the rocking chair with his baby. Probably. Probably. We're, we've, we're reading way more into this than is necessary. Yeah, you know, and, and Wayne, you, 
you've brought up Elvis's name multiple times. You know who Eddie Rabbit's hero was, right? What? First of all, that's not fair because I believe everybody in Eddie Rabbit's generation, that was their hero. Well, Um, Eddie Rabbit wrote Kentucky Rain for Elvis. I mean, that hit. And he's lucky that he sang it. Yeah, because that he might have peaked. Actually, that's not true because he wrote "It's a Rainy Night." Uh, I love a rainy night. Yeah, yeah. But other yeah. than that, okay. Let's get some scores, John. One. Wayne, your score. Six. Oh. Uh, I just have to. I just have to laugh now that I know why you scored it a six. It's not a six. You're just being. You're just being difficult. All right. This is my two. This is. This is one of two songs that I would. I would skip on the record. Oh, I, yeah. I will. Fr- I will freely admit that. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. I think this is the point where I, we're flipping the record over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's flip absolutely. The record over. I guarantee you this is the first end of the first half. Yep. And here we go. So song one on side B, I need to fall in love again. I swear the clock slows down at night. Next time I hope when I run into love it won't walk away Cause I know what to say I need to fall in love again Fill up this emptiness within But every time I try to begin I can't find a place to start You still hold my heart Hold it in your hands, let it go. Cause I need to fall in love again. Wayne, go ahead, get started. I heard you already, this and I you thought, already you already said side two is all yacht rock, yeah. so let's let's hear it. I, I heard this and I thought, well, this is as bad as it's gonna get. This is Barry Manilow, piano. Uh, yacht slash soft rock melodies. If this was only, if, like I say, my the sad part is if that was only true, because this was just the beginning of the descent. <laughs> and if you can't tell, listeners, Wayne is how many how many man on the moons are you into right now? Four, and there'll be a fifth one that's probably going to get bored. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask for a break here in a minute. So, so good. Oh my goodness. All right. I there's really only one thing I do have to say about this song. I from from a musical standpoint, I love I love the part where it starts with you hold it in your hands, let it go, and it starts like it's going to go into a bridge and then it's just goes right back to jumping back right into the chorus. I I I like that little I don't know if what you even call it. I mean, I, I just look at it as psych, but you know, that, but that you know important. what it also reminded me of is the theme to greatest American hero. Oh, Ooh, good one. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like this song a little more. I absolutely, that's the first thing I thought of. I think he's trying to get, I got a Scarborough to do the show. That's well, probably Scar- why he loved it so much. <laughs> It's a Scarberry. Scarberry is a morning uh, Joe guy on MSNBC, but that that's neither know, here nor there. There you go. Yeah. All right. This is just full of like absolute cliches. Nowhere to hide. I swear the clock slows down at night. I need to fall in love again. Fill up this emptiness. Uh, it's just, 
I like I say, I wish this was as bad as it got. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a drag out fight on one of these that I that I like that I know no, that you not. don't. So oh, uh, it's it's, it's gonna got be more fun. experience fighting. So um, that's fine. Nope, uh, no argument here. Um, all right, John, what do you got on this before we get some scores? Yeah. So first of all, I think it's, he sounds a lot like Gordon Lightfoot. Um, he doesn't sound like the, he's even using the same Eddie Rabbit voice that he was using before. I like mm-hmm. Gordon Lightfoot. That's fine. That's not a knock or anything. It's just that's what he reminded me of. Um, yes, this is the this is where we begin to slide deep into the ballad. Evolve. Grass. Yeah, it gets ugly for a little while here. Um, I will say that there were a couple of lines in the song, fill up this emptiness within. That's kind of a deep line for an album like this. That's, you know, where every other line is something kind of highbrow. And then he also says, you mentioned it, Wayne, I swear the clocks slow down at night. That's kind of a provocative line. That's, that's not, that's, that creates an imagery that's not as apparent in all the other songs. And I, so I'm giving him a little bit of credit for that, but yeah, I don't, I'm not crazy about this tune when compared to everything else, especially on this side, it raises it up a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's not a winner by any means. All right. Let's get some scores. Wayne. Three. John. Five. And this is my four. Mm -hmm. Next song. So deep in your love. Goodness. And I know that look in your eyes When you want my love inside Slide a little closer to me And let me feel you again You felt so good the first time Why don't we do it again? And you got me right in your hand And that's where I want to be So deep in your love So deep in your love So deep in your love I already brought up the sexual innuendo on rocking with my baby. So then, yeah, this comes on and come on. The title of the song is so deep in your love. Yeah, this is this is one of the two songs that I skip on the record. I mean, at least give me like cherry pie innuendo, not this. That's um, or is it how deep is your love? Is it because this is complete? Is that Barry or Andy that's singing this of the brothers Gibbs? That was the other question that I had. What were they trying to piggyback off of a super big Bee Gees hit, which would have come, you know, a couple of years before that, or were they just really just going? Like I said, let's, the shock let's make that a I had sexual that, that this was, yeah, the shock that I had that this was not that that the, the last song was not the worst song. <laughs> that it was like immediately it was like, oh my god, it's getting worse. <laughs> And it, it, this has, this is there's nothing country about it. It's yeah. total cheesy schmaltzy '70s soft rock. It has it literally has no redeeming quality mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I and I like I can tell 
that Wayne and I might scrap a little bit on the value of uh, yacht rock and soft rock. I love a lot of that stuff. I'm okay with a lot of that, but this is the problem with, especially these ballads, are they're just boring. They don't go anywhere. They're not real. There's no hooks. They're not interesting at all. I don't even have a ton of notes to write down about this song because there was nothing. I can't tell you how many times I listened to the three or four ter- worst songs on this album over and over again, trying to figure out which was the worst of all of them. You know, what, what, how do I rank these terrible songs? Go with your gut. You got to go with your That's gut. That's what I ultimately tell you get an instinct about it right away. Eventually, I don't know, sometimes if you're in the mood for just something kind of sappy and syrupy, maybe it works for you. But this, some of this stuff is just, it's laborious, man. It's hard. This is my least favorite. This is a skippable song for mm-hmm. me. Wayne? A two. Got the deuce. Got the deuce. <laughs> the descent then, continues. Yeah. And and John? Yeah, I'm going four. Um, honestly, though, the last five, depending on my mood, could swap around. Al- almost every song has gone from like one to five, uh, you know, uh, and around and around. Yeah. That's the records revisited shuffle mm-hmm. that we, yeah. Yeah. We get it. All right. What will I write? Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> what can I say to break it to her They just don't come easy. When there's nothing left to say Where are the words That once felt like honey from my lips When I was so eager for your kiss And we were falling in love Where are they now? On this piece of paper. Wayne, get us started. Well, we have reached the bottom because this <laughs> is horrible. This is, you know what? I love Jim Croce and this is time in a bottle minus 5,000. Mm-hmm. And at the end of all of this soft rock minutiae, he broke up with her in a letter. That's the equivalent of breaking up with her in a text. He's a douche and he writes horrible songs <laughs> at this point. <laughs> oh man, I got to get you drunk on every episode we do from here on out. This is the most honest you've ever been. I love it. Careful what you wish. And it. we're freaking 80, 80 plus episodes into this podcast, Wayne. This is the most honest you've ever been. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. When I, when I do my, my scoring, I'm always looking to see, okay, what's Wayne going to pick as his top and what's Wayne going to pick it as, as his least. And I nailed my prediction that Wayne was going to just absolutely hate this song. Um, and, and, if the song is going to be overtly sentimental or overly soft rock, Wayne's going to hate it. And that's usually where I come in to be the anti Wayne, because this (laughs) reminds me 
of all of the really schmaltzy crap that my dad would listen to. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I kind of like this song. <laughs> and, 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 and I know that uh, that's probably not the popular thing. And yeah, I, I totally get the douchey thing. But um, th- that was not uncommon back you know, forty years <laughs> ago, to write people a letter. House faster. <laughs> well, you know, if if you're in L.A. and she's in Nashville, oh, a letter no. might. You got to get on the ten to the four hundred five. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't agree. Okay, yeah. look at you being chivalrous. Wow. To it. First of all, I've never broke up with anybody in my entire life, so I, I'm one to talk, but. <laughs> I can say it's terrible. If Jim Croce, Jim Croce would have told him to not, to not record this. Mm. It's too, it's too soft. It's too soft, man. You're going to want to get back to talk, talk about truckers again. What yeah. happened? <laughs> Do some more of that Elvis stuff. Yeah. 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 All right. Did, did, did we hammer this, this song enough? Well, should, I haven't even we get said my course. thing yet. Oh, you haven't even said your thing. <laughs> yeah, stand back, Two thirds of the way done. I got vitriol with you, too. Okay. Wayne, go get your fifth drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this song is balls. This song sucks. And I had it at number one as my least favorite for a long time. And then I had a slight change of heart. And the only reason I do is because... I as I as we've established, I don't pay that close attention to lyrics. I do for this show because it gives you interesting things to think about. But when I listen to music, I'm not combing over the lyrics very often. There is a profound lack of depth lyrically in most of the songs on this album. This yeah. song has slightly more provocative or complex lyrics than some of the other songs do. Mm-hmm. And and he's talking about, you know, how can I tell her I don't love her anymore? So, yes, it is the, you know, the ballad parade marches on indefinitely with this stupid song. But if you break it down compared to some of the other very highbrow, no depth at all, kind of shallow stuff, there is something a little bit deeper going on lyrically in this song. So my thinking is I can't keep knocking Eddie for writing these really shallow songs. And then pit ding him when he does, even if I don't like the way it sounds. So I'm yeah. giving him a slight leg up for that. But yeah, this song is horrible. It's horrible to listen. How can, how, how can I tell her I don't love her anymore? Oh, I don't love you anymore. Yeah, well. Hey, knock, knock, knock. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> All right. It's more romantic to write a letter, you know? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's more romantic. Yeah. That's not what she all said. Right. Yeah, well. Well, all right. Well, what will I score? Here we go. Wayne. <laughs> One. John. Three. Waiting for the vitriol. Here's my six. <laughs> what? Whoa. What? Yeah. I told I told I you, know. man. I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Here's here's pretty lady. Song. She 
may be lonely now, but she won't be lonely too long. She's a beautiful lover, but let me warn you from the start. She may give you her love, but she'll never give you her heart. Go ahead, keep keep hammering me. That's it's all good, man. I got thick skin. I can I can I can deal with it. All right, uh, pretty lady. Let's let's switch gears. So I'm curious if there was anyone in particular that this That's, song was I, written about. I said the same thing. It feels personal. I know we had a thing yeah. with Crystal Gale, but the whole the lines about listen to her music and every man is trying to make her a star. She sings a pretty song. It it definitely felt personal. But I, I think what I liked is it it got back to country. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't put it, you know, it's not, it, this was the one that I thought could have been a third single, at least from the, from the aspect of a country radio song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt a single off of this one. It's, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we keep, you know, talking about lyrically. Um, but yeah, I feel like there is, there is some, some bio back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a backstory of some of some sort here, but we'll n- probably never know what that is. Yeah, no, we, we oh, no. He's not going to tell us. <laughs> not anymore. Well, I know there's still there's still David and even Stevens who were co-writers on this, so you know that they might have a story to tell. Mm. But uh, yeah, I. So did he have? Did Eddie have a relationship with Crystal Gale, or did they just sing together? Yeah, what are you hearing, Wayne? Because I didn't hear anything like that. Me neither. No, I I read something. Oh, it indicated that there was a relationship oh. between them. I I don't. National know. Enquirer doesn't count. No, okay. Yeah, I was ten years old. I heard lots of things that probably weren't true. <laughs> or the Star, or the Globe, or <laughs> my mom made stuff up all the time. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia I, is not a credible source. It's true. Speaking of Crystal Gale, she's another I've tried to get on my show and has been turned down. Um, what about Juice Newton? Yeah, I need to go after Juice Newton. I think about that a lot. I uh, definitely need to. Um, there is, I did appreciate the line in here. She's a beautiful lover, but let me warn you from the start. She may give you her love, but she's not going to, she won't, won't give you her heart or whatever it is. Yeah. And um, I kind of appreciated that. I think we all, you know, prior to, uh, well, not Wayne so much, but back in our, you know, when we were single and going out, there was that dangerous girl who, you know, messed up our lives in a lot of ways in that same way. We could feel ourselves giving more than she was receiving or giving back. That's the, I could relate to that line a lot. I kind of like the chunky guitar uh, um, strums in this song. And I like on the it, in the chorus, I think it is, or the bridge or whatever, when he's doing the ooze, the last time he does it, his voice goes up a little bit instead of down. I like that little flourish. It's one of those little, you know, sprinkles of pixie dust. So I don't mind this song. I do think you're probably right. I think, well, the song, the album had two great, more rock and pop and singles. 
there probably should have been a third single that was a ballad and any one of the ones we talked about that we hated probably would have worked. Maybe I need to fall in love again. And then probably 747, I think could have maybe been that fourth single, but something, a ballad should have made its way out there somewhere. And maybe yeah. pretty lady was it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't hear, I don't hear this as a single. Yeah. And I can't recall if it's on this one, but I know on several tracks, cause they're not, terribly country but there is a thing they do instead of putting a steel guitar on here they put an effect on the actual guitar that kind of gives it a steel guitar Mm. sound i don't remember if it's in this one particularly but it's in it's in probably three or four of of the songs previous to this where you can tell from the way it strums it's not a steel guitar it's not there's not a lot of slide to it but it it's an effect that gives it a steel guitar sound and kind of gives it a more country that, that's on but this it. one. I think on its own stands out as a country mm-hmm. song. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, I would say that that guitar effect is definitely on this on this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get some scores on this. Wayne, uh, five, and then John, six. And this is my three. Okay. And then let's wrap it up. This is just the way it is. I will say I like the guitar work in this song. It's nothing real <laughs> groundbreaking, but at Did least anybody it, else get the effect. No, but isn't there a feel of like, this is the last song showing what you got kid. Cause the guitar oh, yeah. player goes out of his way. Like yeah. he, he's like, I, I, it was like, this is the last song. This is all I got. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got leave it all out there on the, in the studio. Cause mm-hmm. the guitar player really like, makes an effort to show everybody because he's a talented individual and he really makes it, he wants to make it apparent on this last track. Yeah. Reminder. That's Larry Byram on the guitar. Mm-hmm. On that. Um, I thought this was a good way to end the record. I like, mm-hmm. I like ending on the, 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 the more rock guitar. And I'm wondering if they were trying to kind of make a statement of some sort with ending with more of a rocking song of this magnitude but i don't know it's hard hard to say what what kind of message they were trying to send with having that long guitar guitar work at the end of this song but Mm -hmm. i like it i like this song i do too i uh, i feel like of all the songs we've talked about how this whole album straddles a line between country and yacht rock of the time and this is the this is the song that to me sounds like it could have been on a steely dan record which had all of those, all of the famous session musicians of the time, you know, the Larry yeah. Carlton's and the David Hungate, anyone in Toto and, and uh, Byram and all these guys. This is the song that allows those guys to shine. And if it's not, even if it's not the guys you're thinking of, it sounds like the guys you're thinking of from that era. So I, um, I thought this was, and it's nice, especially after, you know, ballad purgatory to come out of it with something that rocks a little bit with some muscle behind it, you know? And I really like the line. <laughs> he, he says something. He almost just tosses it off in the in the song. He says something about 
we both know that you might look at someone and I might too, but that's okay. We just keep coming back to each other. And I thought um, that's kind of a fun way to, to touch on that. You know? Yeah. I know you're looking at other dudes. I'm looking at other chicks, you know, I'm on the road a lot, but uh, we come back to each other. And uh, I thought that was kind of a fun way of touching on that subject. And I might not write you a letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might tell you to your face. Yeah. After it, I get off my 747. Yeah. Did Bill Collins divorce his wife through fa- a fax or something like that? Ugh. He did. I think he broke up with his wife over fax. Anyway, I could be wrong. Um, this had a lot of, I could say when you were talking about uh, the heavy hitters and whatnot, this reminded me of the Eagles. This had a very Eagles feel to it, which mm-hmm. once again makes sense. It's, you know, kind of a country crossover in the other direction. I thought, that I was just glad that these last two songs were there to stop the descent from yeah. where we were headed. Totally true. <laughs> totally true. We already brought up the sequencing thing. So what's a proper sequence for side two? Well, I have mixed feelings because I don't, I don't, I'm not positive that if he, if he mixed these songs up, that it would make the album feel stronger. Mm-hmm. But I definitely know that packing the front end with up tempo more fun, whether they're, you know, lyrically inept mm-hmm. or not, more fun up-tempo songs and then leaving this schmaltzy mm-hmm. yacht rock, soft rock ending, I that definitely was not the way. I, I feel like that was not the way to go. Yeah. John, can you tell that Wayne doesn't like yacht rock? I can. It's sort of breaking my heart a little bit. No, no, but... no. It's, it's, it's piece by piece. I don't hate it. I Christopher Cross, I'm not sure he has a lot of talent. Captain and Tennille don't. The Doobie Brothers, you got to give them some credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, yeah, it's piece by piece. I'm not going to throw the whole thing out. Okay. Just, just so you know, whenever we do the Christopher Cross debut album episode, it's uh, Wayne's not going to. I can't wait. Wayne's not going <laughs> oh, to participate. You could. I will. I'll crash that Zencaster. I'll, I'll find that code. No, you, you, you will hurt my feelings, man. I'll crack you that will, code, Christopher Dash Cross. I'm maybe in. that. Maybe that's how we go out. You know, years from now, when we decide uh, to 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 hang up our microphones, we go out with the Christopher Cross episode. I can't wait. What you should do, you're see, you're missing the point. The point of all this, doing Christopher Cross's debut album is great. I dare you to go do Christopher Cross's 11th album or eighth album or the one from 2016. You're claiming that because the badness of the 11th album is creating a higher goodness on the first album part. No, I'm saying if you really want to get to the heart of something that might suck, don't go to the one album of his that's really great. Go to all the ones no one's ever heard or listened to or likes Go talk about those albums. That's going to test your metal. That's Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get some scores and wrap this up. John, what do you got? I got an eight for just the way it is. I think this song is pretty solid. Yeah, I give this a seven. And then Wayne? A four. All right. So did did we cover it? Did we miss anything on Horizon? No, there is no way that this thing was covered this well in 1979 yeah well like how what would you give this whole album on a scale of one to ten wayne you start Uh, i'm gonna i want to say five but i i love a rainy night and driving my life away are two 
very I like very well written, very well done songs. Uh, and so it's going to get, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. Well, you, you and you and I agree. I would, I, I'd give this a six as well. Uh, even though I don't hate some of the songs that you hated, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, we're, it's a relative scale. So if I have to compare this to some of the great records that are out there, yeah, this, this would be a six for me. Not that, yeah. and it's not that I hate it. Cause like I said, there's, there's eight songs on here that I like. Mm-hmm. They're not groundbreaking, but yeah, I like and them. 1979 was not, not an easy time for music. No. In retrospect, at least. Two songs that I really like. There's two that I think are pretty good. And then there are a bunch that I don't even hardly remember because they're so boring. But um, yeah, I would, same here. I'd probably give it three stars, six okay. out of 10. The highs save it a little bit. Yeah. You know? All right. So um, let's let's figure out our top five here. Any, uh, any guesses on number one? <laughs> Not at all. I love a rainy night. Any guesses on yeah. number two? Driving my life away. Any guesses on number three? I think it's dicey. 747? Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and here's where it's going to get a little dicier. All right. Number four? I got nothing. Uh, just the way it is? Yeah, just the way it is. Because you and, okay. you, you and I both liked it. And then, yeah. and then here's where where the, the, the scoring of one person will completely tip the scale. So short road to love is our, is our number five song. And that's based mm-hmm. off of, of Wayne's eight. And, um, mm-hmm. so, um, that kind of outweighed your, um, your two John. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Like I said, songs, you know, um, the, t- the top four are solid. Yeah. And after that, it's just, a morass of mediocrity. <laughs> All yeah. right. Poor Eddie Rabbit. It's good he's not alive yeah. to hear us knock it like this, you know? Yeah. It so, is a it, it, it's definitely a silk shirt uh, unbuttoned too low. <laughs> <laughs> so so now that we've covered a, a, a Eddie Rabbit record and I've done the interview with David, so what what's Eddie's legacy? Uh is it is it I right? Love a rainy night. I mean, yeah. I know, but is it is it is it okay that he's largely forgotten? Like, we don't talk we don't talk about Eddie in the same light that we do, you know, an Alabama or the Oak Ridge Boys or or Kenny, even though he was as big as those acts back in the day. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know think he that he really lead, was. So. No, you mentioned Paul Davis. That sounds. About right to me. I mean, think about if Eddie were still alive today, he would probably have a theater in Branson or he would be playing, you know, county fairs. And and I there is nothing wrong with that. I mean, half the people I have on my show, that's the story of their careers as well. There's not a knock, but let's let's place this adequately. That's about as good as it's going to get for Eddie. Okay. You know. All right. Well, I still love Eddie. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we were able to do this. Uh, g- g- got it out of my system. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, bought three used records. Uh, you know, because of this. And uh, just so you know, for the listeners, if you if you were trying to find Horizon 
on Spotify. Oh, you are going to be you're going to be disappointed. It's not it's not there. It's not on Amazon. Um, who who knows what the deal is with the record label on as to why it's not out there. Uh, in fact, if you go onto YouTube, most most of those videos are pulled down as well. Well, I love a rainy night is blocked from Horizon. It's not blocked from the greatest hits. The Correct. thing I thought right. was weird. It's got to be a licensing thing. But I went to. I was just going to buy a cheap copy on Amazon, and I could get this. I could get the record for seven fifty, but the CD was one hundred and twenty five dollars. Wow! And it's got to be out of print. But the the weird thing about that is, is that it didn't even be. It wasn't even released on CD until two thousand and nine. Mm, weird. But yeah, weird. there's got to be a licensing thing with "I Love a Rainy Night." Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to it on um, YouTube. And you're right. The first Love Rating Night track one is a different version. Well, different. It's got a different picture on it anyway. But the rest of the album is on there. I downloaded it illegally. I still do that from time to time if I have to. And uh, because I couldn't find it anywhere else. And whatever I whatever version I downloaded came was like a, a rip off someone's vinyl. Mm. And you it was way too crackly and like distorted. It didn't sound very good. So your best bet, if you want to hear this, is probably on YouTube. So I heard it off of my uh, local library's app that they use. They use Hoopla. Do you know Hoopla? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was on Hoopla. So that's that's okay. where I listened to it. So there you go. Um, and if you stumble upon it in this at a uh, used uh, record store uh, on on CD. Yeah, you should purchase that and sell it on eBay as well. So. Grab that. Absolutely. Gobble that up. Yeah, grab that. John, this has been fun. It has. Thanks for revisiting with us. I love it. Can I have? Can I make one request? Yeah. Um, the next time I come on your show, can I pick the CD? Because yeah. that's the whole thing of your school, your show. You bring on Matt Nathanson, and he gets to pick whatever album he wants. I've been on no, your show actually, twice. I've been told what to talk about. Actually, the way that I got Matt Nathanson to come on. Did I tell you this story? I don't think so. So um, every so often I would like like one of his tweets or I would reply to a tweet hoping that he would like, you know, start knowing that sure. Records Revisited was out there. And uh-huh. he posted he posted his um, his cover of River, the Joni Mitchell song. Mm-hmm. And I and I like his version a lot. And I said, that's beautiful song. All I want for Christmas is for Matt Nathanson to come on my podcast to talk about Acton Baby. Mm, I saw that. And he re- and he that. replied one hundredth or one millionth percent. And I said, so have your people contact my people, which is me. Mm hmm. And the following morning, I get an email from Matt's management saying, hey, let's let's arrange a time to have Matt on your podcast. That's unbelievable. So don't underestimate the power of social media yeah, uh, because it it does work. I mean, and look, outside of my dad songs episode, which, you know, I did with my brother to to, uh, you know, commemorate my dad. That's my favorite episode. Like I got to yeah. talk I got to talk about one of my favorite records with one of my favorite man crushes. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. I, I keep thinking about bringing him on my show, but I'd much rather talk about <laughs> music that's not his. 
You know, yeah. I think he would too. I don't mean I that. No, he a absolutely would. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely That's what I mean. it's so yeah, much fun would. to talk about music with. It'd be like we cover his career for 10 minutes and then we'd spend the other 50 talking about bands we loved. It, yeah. it, uh, I might go for it. All right. Well, so, so let's, let's, let's plan on that later this year. What, what album are you going to pick? I, we've talked about this. I want to do the debut crowded house album. That's my favorite album ever. Okay. Done. Yeah. I mean, don't get, I, I like everything. So when you, if you send me Eddie rabbit or you send me hip hop or whatever, I can do almost anything because I love it all. But if I had to pick, that's my favorite album of all time. We haven't done much hip. We have we done any hip hop besides BC Boys? I'm waiting. I want to do Straight Outta Compton or Raising Hell mm-hmm. or uh, The Predator, something. Yeah, give me something. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing some Tribe. I would too. I, good one, good one. I was thinking about you guys recently because I w- I wanted to, I was listening to Three Feet High and Rising mm. De La Soul, and I yeah. thought, man, this would be fun. But so many hip hop albums from back in the day, the really good ones have all those skits and like interstitials. And one of my favorite albums, top 10 of all time, is Fear of a Black Planet from Public Enemy. Mm. But there are a bunch of little things, like little commercials in there. So it'd be difficult to know how to like parse that out. Do you just do the songs? What you know, how do you how do you rank the interstitials? I don't know. So anyway, I'd leave that to you. Yeah, that's that's the same issue that we're gonna have when we finally do Paul's boutique as well. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, I, but I, I I agree that you should just do the songs. The skits are fun; they're entertaining, and sometimes they add to the song coming up. But ultimately, it's it's the song. Yeah, I'm seeing De La Soul in a couple of weeks. Oh, I love them. Yeah, one of my they're favorite. on yeah, a, three feet high and rising. One of my favorites. They're yep. on a local festival in Tampa, so it's uh, so I'm gonna have to do some some walking around because they they scheduled. So Brandy Carlisle is the headliner, which I and I love Brandy, but mm-hmm. De La Soul is playing like right up until nine o'clock when she comes on, mm-hmm. and and it's at a different stage. So I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta go from seeing Rival Sons to walking over to see De La Soul, then coming back to Brandy. Mm-hmm. So I won't have a good vantage point to see Brandy, but mm-hmm. all good. Yeah. If it means anything to you, I saw De La Soul at the Zephyr Club in Salt Lake City oh, I hate back you. in like the 90s or something like that. Yeah. And as much as I love them, to be completely honest, hip hop does not transfer to a live setting very often. Yeah. So um, and the Beastie Boys a number of times, it's a tribe and they're good. But most hip hop doesn't do very well live in concert. It's not that provocative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Tell everyone where they can find the hustle. Anywhere, anywhere. If you're savvy enough to have found this crappy podcast, Records Revisited, <laughs> then put a little effort yeah. in and just type in the hustle and find something real, something good. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, you know, you do realize that we've gone over an hour and you haven't called us a weirdo once yet? <laughs> That's mostly because I think we're agreeing on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> You could have, you could have. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to to say I was a weirdo for my uh, my six score six. for what will I write? So uh, I, I kind waiting. of understood. I yeah. didn't feel that strongly. Okay, it's okay. I'll save it. I'll save it for true ammunition when I really need it. There you go. Because yeah. we we may be divided on a couple songs on uh, Crowded House's debut. Ooh, I goodness. bet. Oh I gosh. bet. 
Okay. All okay. Right. All right. Here we go. All right. So as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited Podcast. We're on Instagram using the hashtag Records Revisited Podcast, or you can find us. What's a, what's the Instagram handle again? Records Revisited Me? Podcast. There you go. I was asking Wayne because I, okay. I, I just wanted to make sure that he changed the podcast. Oh, yeah. from- <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> Uh, we're also on Twitter at Podcast Records, and of course, you can find all of our episodes on all the major platforms, even the crappy platforms that have the Hustle Podcast on. <laughs> um, all right, so so thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a T-shirt of the band, um, and and buy a T-shirt of of Will Hoke because you might be pleasantly surprised and get a nice guest out of the out of the exchange. Buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. out. Fun.